Oh my god. Yeah, I gotta show. <laughs> Jabber Nation, welcome to another interesting episode of the Java TS podcast. As always, I'm Janelle from HR here with Sarah Wilkins and Mr. Black, and we have a very, very special guest with us for this episode. I typically don't introduce anyone, I let them introduce themselves. So, sir, do you want to let the viewers and listeners know who you are? First of all, you said this interview is going to be interesting. This is going to be very boring. No, it is not. But this is Duke King, the longest reigning APW Action Pack Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Got the strap right here, the real APW title. Put that in the camera for you, real quick. Action Pack. Like Action Pack. He out here standing for y'all. Well, I I do appreciate y'all having me on right now, so that's pretty cool. Thank y'all. Thank you no for problem. joining us. No, hope it's like the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us as well. You know, with everything going on in the world today, right. you know, we always want to keep, you know, things rolling. So, we do appreciate you joining us today. Um, before we do get started, how's everyone doing so far? You know, quarantine life and all that jazz. I'm living. I'm still living. I'm still out here. Still out here in these streets. You are not in these streets. Like, don't. That, that man in the street. That man in the streets. You know what I mean? You don't know my life. Exactly. You know that man life. Like. You know that man struggle. Oh, please. Mr. Black, what's going on with you? Working. That's Being it. An essential worker. That's all yeah. I do is work, come home, <laughs> go to sleep, and do it all over again. That's it. I live a boring life now. You don't Very live a boring, boring. life. Nah, I should, have... nah, life is different now. I legitimately life? wake up, train clients over video cam, and I like some porn shit. Go <laughs> 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 back so they take a nap and play some PlayStation. So what's some shows you guys have been watching with this week? Um <clears throat> I watch um I watched that new sh- that new movie on Netflix about the um, different floors. I watched that. I watched um, it the other day too. Platform. What is it called? Yeah, platform. 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 Yeah, yes, I watched yes. it the other day too. Yes, yes. Oh, is it um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's real good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, I've been watching Static Shock, so I've been catching up on Static Shock. I've been watching okay. from season okay. one. Okay. Classic. So, um, what else? I've been catching up on a lot of my YouTube shows. I've been playing, um. I don't have time for video games. What I do, I play like an hour or two, some Kingdom Hearts or something like that. That's it. And I go and do it over again and go to work. Final Fantasy coming out. Final Fantasy coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna get this it. one got a PlayStation and don't know how to act. Shout out to Big, um, um, shout out to Leroy of House of Glory for giving me a Bob TV yesterday. Shout out to you, King. H-O-G! 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 Uh, look is what's some things you've been watching this week? Uh, I watched a new bitch show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yo, that shit is hilarious. <laughs> like, it's cute. It's cute. It, it, it's a typical like you know, TGI Friday, um, TGIF um sitcom. 
It's yeah. cute. Got you. Got you. Got you. I caught up with Lord and Order. Oh. It was crazy. I saw my boy on there. You uh, saw, saw somebody new on Law and Order? Okay. Wow. You on this shit? That's about it. I haven't been doing any, I haven't really done anything else this week. That's the play my PlayStation. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, I know. It's PlayStation is like, Luca King, what have you been watching on uh, your spare time? Platforms, I saw that. Uh, I played mm. King last week. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, the greatest show ever. Too. And uh, I'm watching I'm watching Dragon Ball Super right now. Oh. Classic so right there. Yeah, so I'm checking that out. It's my first time watching it. So I'm on, like, episode 21 right now. So it's pretty okay. dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I watched it. Like I enjoyed it. To me, like it had its ups, it had its downs, but overall it was a great series from yeah. start to finish. Like I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay, okay. So yeah, this week I watched I watched the big shows show. How was that for you? I didn't I think it was it's cute. Watch it, it, was it, it, it fits big show. Like if if you mm. like I felt like if it was like his life, it would be that. Like post-wrestling. Uh, a movie everyone should watch is called Coffee and Kareem. It's on Netflix. It's about interracial relationship or something? It so sounds like that. It kind of is. So basically, wow. Stu... <laughs> no, so Stu from The Hangover is dating Taraji P. Henson. And basically, he's getting to know her son, whose name is Kareem. And Kareem mm-hmm. Mouse is reckless. Like, if you ever thought your child, like, imagine a child like cussing and talking about ass and everything, like at like what ten. So right. that's Taraji P's son, right? Correct. So he's trying to get rid of the white dude from dating his mama, and he's a dude. cop. Oh. So he goes into oh. like I don't fuck with pigs. Ah ah ah! Like it's crazy, but it's a good movie. Oh. It's a good movie. I gotta check that out. Like, I actually might actually see that. No, it's actually really funny. Okay, okay. okay. Um, what, else I, what else did I watch? Oh, and today I've been watching Nailed It, which is, is a baking that? show. It's a baking show. It's people that can't really bake that bake. So, do do they try to eat it? The contestants? How do they determine something good about So, there's a judge. So, there's a world-renowned... Um, guy that owns like mad restaurants of course and then you got nicole bear who's a comedian she's the host and um and they always have a special guest and they all try out all three people's like bakes and stuff like that it's a it's a cute little show um but also speaking about shows this week let's start into our first topic which everyone knows every tuesday dark side of the ring comes on and this week was about brawl for all which i don't care what anyone says is one of my favorite things of the Attitude Era. Because it was obnoxious. Yeah, yeah I thought it was entertaining. It was. It, uh, it, it, so far from what I... When I watched it, it was good. Like, the fact that it was basically based around JBL. I didn't know that part. I didn't know how the whole concept right, started. Right, like the background of it, I had no idea about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact 
nobody came out of there strong. And the fact Bart Gunn did what he was supposed to do is actually try to win this, he get punished. So that alone just taught me, like, it, it just showed me a lot about what Vince always do throughout the year. You get yourself over by yourself, he does not like that because you give yourself too many creative control. Our Anderson, shout to Uncle Arn, I was told him the other day, and he was telling me that how that, um, with the whole Bray Wyatt and Ray Orn, the reason why they got cut so short because they got over. And they said when they get over by itself, they give the, the talent too much creative control. So that was my biggest lifestyle. As I was told, I was just like, this man did his job and he's getting punished. And he got embarrassed by Butterbean. Wow. Just because he did what he had to do. And the whole concept was based on let's teach JBL a lesson. And he shortened so many careers. For what? For what? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Uh, Zuka, Zuka, tell us what you, what you think. What were your I thoughts hate- on the episode? I hated it. Uh, I didn't like it at all. Um, mm-hmm. you, you didn't uh, like the um, Dark Side of the Ring episode or the whole bra- um, bra- no, the bra- brawl? The, the, the oh, Dark Side okay, of the okay, Ring okay, episode okay. was cool. I mean, they always got good episodes. It just, mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. like. I was just not a fan of the brawl crawl, you know what I mean? Especially, like, knowing the behind-the-scenes stuff about it, how it was made just to, for one guy. To, one you know, guy. Like, <laughs> one guy. You know I mean? And then uh, just on top of that, like, these guys are street fighters. These guys are not, like, actual boxers, but they had a whole boxing setup. But clearly that it exposed that these guys, that they're not boxers and stuff like that are capable exactly. or ready to fight on that type of level because – Exactly. Wrestling and tra- wrestling training and boxing training are two different things. You know what I mean? Two different type of cardio, two different kind of things you got to have. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I feel like a lot of guys got exposed, and then and then on top of that, like okay, Bart Gunn literally proved that he is the toughest man in the locker room, <laughs> and they still and they still embarrassed him. They still played him, and I think. Yeah. And I think the main reason why yeah. I think they, they did him like that is because he did, he knocked out. Uh, did he knock out Bob Holly? Yeah. Mm, yes, he did. He did. He did. He, did. he, did. he knocked out Bob Holly. He knocked out Godfather. He knocked out Bradshaw. Vincent probably was thinking like, Man, forget Doctor Death. Oh, and he and Doctor Death. Doctor Death. Dr. Yeah. Death. So he knocked out four of the toughest guys in the locker room. They could have easily thought about, well, say we put him in a program with Austin, he can just easily knock Austin out and take the strap for himself. He can go in business for himself. That could be one idea. Just a just a straight True. bury him like that. I didn't I don't I mean he he, had, he was a big guy, had a good look. Very good look. And very good look. He, just, he proved good. to y'all that he is the toughest man in y'all locker room and y'all did nothing with this dude. Nothing. <sighs> So, Lucas, yep. your thoughts on the episode? I enjoyed the episode. Like um, Zuka said, um, Dark Side of the Ring always puts out quality products quality. when it comes to those, those episodes. I learned I learned a lot. Like You do. One of the things that I, I really learned and, and I did really, like, fucking love. Well, before I tell you what I learned, what I loved was Jim Cornette. I'm not a fan of what he says and his, many of his beliefs. But yeah. he embodied the statement he said in the beginning. He was like, wrestling is not fucking fake. Yep. Like, 
Yeah. Who the hell are you? It's not fake at all. I will never call no. it fake. I will never call it any, anything else besides what it's what it's supposed to be called. It is pre-orchestrated certain situations, but that thing it hurts. Yeah. And and then when we saw the end with, with the draws, how he like it was a regular ass move. D'Lo did nothing, and homeboy yeah. was like paralyzed from the neck down. Mm-hmm. That just yeah. shows of wrestling in, in, in that part. Now, Mr. Gun, Mr. Gun, Mr. Gun. It was so funny because you mentioned something, Zuka. You were like, how wrestling training and street fighting is completely different, right? Right. And when and when they said that he fought Butterbean, and Butterbean was like, yo, he tried to box me. No. Right. No. Right. I'm taking Proud. you out. Right. Now, like the way he fought JBL, he, he might have had a chance, but he tried to outbox me. Right. And it just... That whole episode showed you what training is about on every different sport. Like, yeah. how you need to respect another person's lane. Yep. Like, you don't go into wrestling thinking you can just do it all off the rip. And that's what, um, I remember people gave Becky Lynch a lot of shit for saying, like, yo, I don't like these MMA guys just coming in here and thinking, like, this is easy. Right. She was 100% right. Janelle, don't say nothing. Because um, I know you don't like Becky. But I, don't but I don't like Ronda like that either. So, I mean, I wasn't going to say nothing. Yeah, but I know you, you, you got something smart to say about Becky. But one of the things is that you, I appreciated them showing that. Because yeah. it showed that every sport is different. Yeah. yeah. Sport need a certain type of training to, be, to do it. Every combat sport, you got to train differently. And I appreciated seeing that because... Some of the guys in the locker room were thinking that they were tough guys. This shit rocked. This shit rocked. And it did. And I, but the thing about it, you mentioned something else as well, Zuka. Mr. Gunn showed how tough he was. And he was the underdog in the situation. Motherfucker, they had a whole Rocky story right there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But. It is true. They didn't want him to win because the way Vince saw it and the way Vince saw it was just like, yo, this is just like regular wrestling. Everything is predetermined. No, no, motherfucker. This right. is real life. You don't he know was, who's going to win. He was legit. He was legit knocking people out. It was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what else and did you do? Exactly. Like, you got to push him. And then it's like, yo, this ain't wrestling. You, you can't decide the ending of this. Yeah. This is up in the air. I don't care how strong you think somebody is. One fuck up that happened to, to Godfather, you're done. So it, it, it was a great episode. It really it really opened opened um shined the light on a lot of things that we as fans didn't see at the time. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hated Brawl for all. I hated it as a kid. I, I thought it was a channel every time I saw it. Because it was so ignorant. It was yeah. star hip hop before World Star Hip Hop. <laughs> wrestling or like when hot 97 used to do smack fest yeah basically go go ahead zuka it, it did it did nothing for any wrestler on that who was in there nothing and then the, the wrestler that 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 won they just completely buried him so what they it, basically showed was okay yeah he beat all our guys but we're going to get a real boxer to beat him so you kind of buried everybody twice. 
Yeah. Yeah. Bars. Yeah. Bars. Yeah. Bars. Come on. So, Zoom came in You could have easily just have Dr. Death come in, run through all the toughest guys in the, in the territory in the promotion or whatever, and he could have wrestled Austin. But that, that's perfectly hurt. Another thing that um I did love to see was the the rivalry between Vince Russo, Russo and Cornette. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's how Russo got hired. Yeah, that's crazy. Vince was like, "Yo, I like what you're writing in the um the Raw magazine. Come upstairs." And um, Vince Russo, I did. <laughs> he's a creative guy, but. Oof, I can see why why Cornette doesn't like him. I know you're I'm a all, fan too. I'm always I'm always team Jim Cornette, man. Always team Jim Cornette. <laughs> I mean We don't we don't I mean, rock honestly, with Russo. I mean well, why, honestly, why is such a fan of Cornette, Zuka? Because um man, like one Cornette, he he loves the business, he's passionate about the business. He tries to I mean, I wouldn't say protective because now we just talk about everything on live video and shit like that and recorded so that so everybody knows it everybody thinks they know everything about the business but we we're, we're i'm trying to get the right word we're we're putting a lot out there but, mm-hmm. he still, but he still tries to like keep up with the history of the business uh he wants guys to respect the business he's he does a lot he, he did a lot for wrestling at the time stuff like that so that's why and then when i listen to his interviews some stuff he do say he'd be ignorant stuff like that but I know he coming from his heart when he talking about all this stuff about wrestling and stuff like that. He don't want like people think he don't want AEW AEW to succeed, but it ain't like that. He just want the boy to to present wrestling as wrestling and not a comedy show or some uh, friends with friends show or some crazy shit like that. He just he's just a guy that believes in wrestling because that's what he's been his whole life. He been he was a he was a photographer in Memphis. He became a, uh, a manager. He, he became a manager in Memphis. Then he, he managed the Midnight Express, world class, mid south, the Carolinas, all over. So this man—he done had his own promotion. And a guy like Vince Russo telling you, "Oh, the business is fake. Uh, you can add this. Nobody cares about the business, but there's a guy who's been in the business his whole life and dedicated his whole life to it. And then you got some magazine writer that's gonna come out the blue." And you be like, oh, none of that stuff matters. <laughs> and then, and clearly, his idea really showed in that brawl brawl because guys got hurt, talented guys got hurt for no reason. You had guys like Tuco Scorpio, who was amazing in the ring. Why is he in the brawl brawl? You got Godfather, who's charismatic as fuck. Why is he in it? You know what I mean? You got Bradshaw. You got Doctor Death, one of the best big men in wrestling. You know what I mean? One of the toughest guys in wrestling. Why are they in stupid, crazy matches like this? Who would have thought of that besides Vince Russo? Yeah. Um, uh, Miss HR, what are your thoughts? Some valid points from all of you gentlemen. I mean, as a kid, I love Brofo because I like things that are different. Like, I like things that uh-huh. are outside of the box. And that's kind of one thing I will give Vince Russo is like, that shit is completely outside of the box. Now, I think him, the ending of that episode, the one thing I took away that he said was, like, now looking at it differently and in the type of space that he's in and knowing the risk and things like that, he wouldn't do it ever again. I can't see your face, you know. You can't see me? Can't? 
Can you see me now? Yeah, go ahead. Just talk. Talk. Keep talking. Oh, I, it's okay. just like, 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 it's like this. Now I can see you. Okay. Now we can. Now we working. Um. But like you said, Mr. Black, I love the the behind the scenes. That's the one thing I can appreciate about the dark side of the ring is you can understand things from a different perspective that you didn't know at that time. So like then I didn't know that, you know, I didn't see it as them burying Bart Gunn. Like I just was like, oh shit, buddy being fucked him up and that was it. But then literally a year after he was gone, like he never went in the ring again. He never did nothing with WWF at the time. Like he was gone. So now looking at it as an adult and that I know a, a smidge, like a tiny percent of the business, I'm like, yeah, like they did nothing with him. They they dropped him even though he built him he built himself up. Like he didn't use anything else, but he built himself up by knocking all of them out. And they did and they dropped the ball on him. So I don't think that's fair to him and his career either. And I was telling Super Two. Bring what? the camera up higher. Higher. It's hurt. I can't hold the phone like this. <laughs> like, I mean, you could at least set it up against something. I can't though. I wait. Can you see it like this? You only see your, your nose and your mouth. Yeah. Now nah, that's perfect. Okay, good. So as I was saying, um, you know, friendships and stuff were broken because of Brofo. Like I didn't know Bob Holly and Bart Gunn were close like that. Yeah. And for them not to be friends after he knocked them out, I mean. And every right, who wants to be friends with you know somebody that not knocked you out like that, like embarrassed you? So it's just. Yeah. But the thing that I noticed that I um the one thing I noticed about the whole Jim, I mean Jim Russo and Jim Cornette, Vince, um, Vince Russo. Wow, Vince Russo and Jim Cornette is that's two different ways that people look at the business because you got the Vince Russo type of fans that. All right, you know they see that. All right, it, it, like it is what it is. The Saturday third. I'm just here for the like. I'm just here for the um. Oh my gosh, moments. I just want to get on my seat and go crazy. Forget about real life. Now Jim Cornette is the type of dude like he's the hardcore fan. Like he's the best of us and also the worst of us. There is the worst fans where I don't care. Oh my gosh, they buried him. And there's other fans where. Oh, I see the bigger picture. Let them have time. So what they just demonstrated is us as fans as looking back at it. And what I'm realizing now, the Attitude Era birthed out, if you really think about it, it birthed out this era of wrestling where it's reality. At some point, we're going we gonna to suspend your belief. Wrestling mm-hmm. evolved with the time. Sometimes, not WWE all the time, it's still, you know, kind of years back, but they still somewhat involved with the time how they present their product. Because we went from crash television to this, this today's modern day crash television are, you know, the Kevin Owens, the guy who had the big bellies but doing all these tricks. Um, we got um, Big Game Leroy where he's playing the Switch and Jim Cornette does not like that either. So what I'm saying is, basically some of what I'm saying is they are what we are as 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 wrestling fans, Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. But to piggyback off of that a little bit, um, the thing is, they're both what they do. Yeah, both need to be able to bend 
Now imagine if Jim Cornette and Vince Russo ran a company together. That'll never happen. Oh, that'll yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. On Earth Two, it probably happened. It probably it probably happened. Writing this guy over the phone and his family. That's some wild yeah. shit. Yeah. That's some wild. wrestling, bro. But but think about it. Let's us all for imagine those two men able to bring their great minds together because. The thing about Russo is that he's way left. <laughs> to the point that have a leash on him to bring him back to like, yo, bro, what are you what are you doing? He's yeah. the same man for the fucking title on David Arquette. But it's something that, yeah. that everyone talks about to this day. Exactly. I would give him exactly. to that. And I understand <laughs> now, now now imagine him taking like Bruce, like um, Jim Cornette worked with him, polishing his mind a little bit. You would have something great between the two. Yeah. It's because it's like Republicans and Democrats, those two. It's like conservatives and liberals. Yeah. Like what Vince was thinking was great because Jerry Springer was the thing that was popping at the time. Remember when we were growing yeah. up? We were yeah. Yeah. So it made sense for him to take a little bit of that element and bring it to wrestling because at the end of the day, we loved it. Puppy! Puppy! And Zuka. I want to hear what you have to say about it. I just think I just think Vince like Vince Russo had some good ideas and stuff that he can get some good stuff, especially with Stone Cold. Mm -hmm. I think with Vince Russo, there's something that's really good, and then there's some things that's just really bad. I think there's like no in-between with them. Yeah, and, and that's and that's and that's the kind of, sometimes when you're a genius of what you do. Yeah. But can't you say the same thing about Cornette? There's some things that are really good, and there are some things that are really bad. And with Cornette, there is no brain. But the one thing that Russo mentioned was that when he got there, Vince was around a bunch of yes men. Ooh. That's Pat Patterson. Um. Vince, um, um, Jim Cornette, um, what's what's homeboy's name with the glasses? Yeah, he he runs he runs SmackDown now. What's his name? Uh, yeah, so, um, oh, you talking about Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Pritchard? Bruce Pritchard. You have them. You have his 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 inside people. What Vince Russo brought was a, an outside look because they mentioned a couple of things that people didn't notice. Vince is so fucking rich. He has not lived a regular life in a long fucking time. Right. So Vince, oh. Vince Russo brought the outside look of the world. Right. Because That's thing, we're all in this wrestling bubble together. And the deeper you get, the more you forget about what's outside the bubble. And Vince was outside the Vince Russo was outside the bubble. And he brought what's outside the bubble in. Now, granted, some of that shit was way fucking left. But when I was 13, 12 years old, I was in a 3D in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, were doing so yeah, the, the attitude, looking back at it now, the attitude there was like, God damn. But you know, back then we were younger, to keep that audience, you had to do that stuff, you know, what I mean? back then. But then again, though, like you cannot look at the attitude era. Hold on, uh, Mr. Black. I want Zuka to kind of expand on his thoughts on the attitude era because my brother loves the ruthless aggression era. I love so so I want you to come. Do you prefer the ruthless aggression era or the attitude era? I like the uh, ruthless aggression era uh, better because there were it was more wrestling, 
And they, them boys go out there wrestling hard. Like you had Benoit, Eddie, Angle, Ray, JBL, all those guys. Those guys going out there having like hard physical wrestling matches. The attitude wasn't really about wrestling. It was about antics and making people laugh and DX doing the cross chop. And just like it was all, it was like you're watching a, you, you're like you're watching a television show and just like the wrestling is just there just to say, oh, this is the final thing. This is the, the this is what we're going to put down on it. But everything else is what's important. But when you had the roof of aggression, it was all about wrestling. That's, that's, that's interesting because two different people were running it at the time. Yeah. You can see, like, Paul Heyman was one of the top guys running the Ruthless Aggression era. And then you see Vince Russo. So you saw <clears throat> two different minds working at that. But the one thing I loved about the, the Attitude Era had to be a TV show. It was yeah. fucking living single. I mean, living color for wrestling fans. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you were getting different skits and different things. and. Exactly. Yeah, it, it was very colorful, exactly. you know. It was very huh? colorful. Say that again? Yeah. It was very colorful. But but it was something that we needed because, let's think about it. Your, the era before was the pretty boy, the, the, the baby face clean cut era, right? That was a new uh -huh. generation, right? The cartoon, era. the cartoon kind of era. And then, now imagine all of us are around between the ages of uh, 11 and 15. You're not going to watch a bunch of baby faces on TV. You want some regular shit on TV. And that's how, that's how you kept that. Kept kept and then the older you get, you're, the one thing I learned on John Cena's um, Ruthless Aggression um, like part, yeah. he talked about how he looked around and saw how the, how the audience changed. Because by the time you, the Ruthless Aggression era came around, we were old. We were in our either our yep. late teens, early twenties at the time. Yep. So you don't want to antics. You want to see different type of shit. You you now you're more about the sport. And a lot of times those fans were wrestling at the time too. Right. So it's it's so many things that go into. But I fucking loved. It. At the end of the day, I fucking loved it. That's why I kept talking about it because that one just opened up so many, so many business. Right. I love Vince Russo because. At the end of the day, he opened a door for a lot for a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> and the and the um one thing I did like about Russo too is that he did something with everybody. Like everybody yeah. was on the storyline, everybody was doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like today, like you got some of the most talented wrestlers in the world. You only see them like what, one time a week? Or not a, or not a, or no time at all. You know? But so, but then again, the, the big difference between Viz Russo, like wrestling then and now, the roster was a lot smaller. Yeah. A lot no smaller. Doubt. So you're able to just do so much more of what you have. And it wasn't that much writers. So, again, I don't know. Like, well, we got again, more shows was, now. Yeah, we do. But also now with wrestling, is it's still trying to find its footing back again. You know, because it's still trying to be mainstream, but yet still be loyal to the hardcore fans at the same exact time. Sure. So it's still hard because I don't know, but the world's changing. I realized that WWE is still trying to, they have it because there's no one else, but you could tell they're losing their footing as years go <laughs> on. Mr. Black, you said there's nobody else. What about AEW? What about AEW? No, 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 no. You have to understand, you're going against a dynasty that 
kings and kings have died through the years as this empire rise through the years. Oh, like King of Kings? Yeah, AEW just started. What did you say, Jimmy? I said King of Kings. Oh, you said Triple H is what you're trying to say? (laughs) I still feel like like, to the day WWE still do more with the antics and the wrestling is just... Just like my brother said earlier, like Vince don't go outside. So yeah. he doesn't know like his humor's pretty dark humor. And they said if you do certain stuff like you fart, if you puke, you or you do something after all days. Yeah, and he will love it. Oh yeah, he'll guarantee to like, you know, push that through. So all I'm saying is this Vince is just so in his bubble because he's so rich. Right. And he created he literally called WWE a universe. Yeah. That's not egotistic stick out his finest. Let's be serious here. And Wait, one wait, time the- there is the job and tears universe. That's what I'm seeing here, like uh. <laughs> but all I'm saying is this: but the it's like he created his own universe. He doing his thing, but overall it was just like Vince is just he likes what he likes. Yeah, and good. right then, then. It shows you the brothel. Some everything is. If Vince didn't choose you, then Vince is not gonna. Vince is not gonna go forth with you. Now he's more open to that. He's more open to that. Cause look at Coffee and a couple other guys. He's more open to that. But it's just now he see it as. Then I get why because he was going against a war against WCW. He couldn't risk but so much. Right. So I kind of see it that way. Quickly, guys, I know Janelle's trying to fix some stuff. Um, WrestleMania, what were your thoughts? Zuka, go first. And, uh, I appreciated it. Um, the guys, the guys and girls went out there and performed during all this stuff like this. Um, so it was dope to really because I haven't really watched like the, the shows with no audience until I watched WrestleMania. And I was like, okay. man, I'm like, they're still going out here working hard, performing, working what they got to do. You know, to make it happen, you know. I didn't watch the um I didn't watch the uh night two. Only thing I saw was the uh fire funhouse. And uh I mean it wasn't a wrestling match, but I get it, you know what I mean? People were like yeah. uh, they want that new movie style thing that they're doing right now with wrestling. So if my thing is if the people like it, it is good. Uh, and the barnyard, the uh, boneyard match. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was um uh, the old school coming out of me. Uh, like uh, say what you want to say. It was a good bring, movie. Bring up the camera a little bit, Janelle. It was it was a good to me. It was a good movie. Um, it was something different for WWE to do. Um, I just uh, I'm just. It was just a good movie to me. Like <laughs> it, it, it was, it was. Um, I'll give you three things real quick because I know my brother got to get his points across. This now, the best match of the night, the best like pure match, mm-hmm. was Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. I think that yeah. was one of the best matches I've seen in a while, and I was telling people that was going to be one of the, the dark horse matches of wrestle during WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair to me right now is Mrs. WrestleMania yeah. moving forward. Um, I said it before, she's like Al Pacino, you know, the was coming to the room because 
you know it's going to be good, but you don't know what type of good is going to come out. You who enjoy the technical stuff, the pure aspect of the art of wrestling, she portrayed them fucking all time high. Right. On Sunday. Was it Sunday day four, right? It was day, day yeah, two. Yeah, Sunday. Day was day two. Yeah, day, day, day. yeah, it was day two. Yeah, it was day two. Yeah. Yeah, it was all day two. She 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 portrayed a perfect heel within the ring. Right. She did. Um, she did. Once again, that boneyard match saved Undertaker's career. And I want people to understand the importance of AJ Styles to the wrestling world. I'm not gonna lie, it took me a while to turn the corner on AJ Styles, but I had to really go back to watch his old stuff. Of course. But when when Kurt Angle tells the Undertaker, hey, you wanna redeem yourself? Wrestle AJ Styles. He will make you look good. The le that level of respect mm -hmm. is Right. Ridiculous. Uh, the Boneyard match wasn't really a match. It was more of a, of a production, but it was beautifully done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a great movie. It was done well. I just... Uh... You had the, the, the Druids, a.k.a. the Putties, come out. You had the... <laughs> it, was, it was dope as hell, yeah, man. Was, was oh, man. <laughs> it was dope as hell. The last thing I want to get off is the um the, the, fire, the Firefly Funhouse. Say that, say that fast five times. Um, the Firefly Funhouse. It was well, another production done. But it was creativity at his finest. And, I, and you start reading about it, you're like, yo, John Cena helped with like producing it, of come up with certain ideas for the whole thing. Yeah. And I think he has at a point where he's giving back to the business now. Because mm -hmm. he, was, he was taken for so long. Mm -hmm. Taken so long from the business. Mm -hmm. Now he's about back because at this point he's on his way out it's, it's like the veteran ball player but you know what homeboy you're going to start here. i'll come up the bench now i don't need these starting minutes and and those are like my major three points from that whole thing what about you mr black and janelle uh with me some of my points was um some of my um some of my points was um definitely the firefly funhouse and the blowing yard match i realized it was definitely, it was aimed at two different audiences, and it definitely shows what WrestleMania is basically all about. It's a big commercial for WWE. The first night <laughs> demonstrated, it brought back the old fans, you know, the older fans that we may look at Undertaker and go, oh, shoot, Undertaker still wrestle? Well, I'm still at my job, so I'm just going to say, he still wrestle? And the old man said, who's this AJ Styles? They look it up. Boom. The Firefly Funhouse. Oh, I'm familiar with John Cena, either for movies or I remember him. The Doctor Dynamics, this, that, and third. You, you are aiming towards the people that who the quote unquote the woke ones, people that go on that memory lane. Like, oh shoot, it was commercial for WD Network, right. and it demonstrated a new type of character that get in that audience that they may have been lacking, such as the emo kids, the kids that was all about the dark music. The um um the juice world type of kids, it brought it that audience because they don't have that type of character in WWE. Now they have that type of character. And um, WrestleMania being a commercial, it demonstrates that. And the third thing I'm noticing is that yo, there's a difference between wrestlers that who have who are the total package and who wrestlers that who have different specialties. The guys who are total package are 
Brock Lesnar's, the Drew McIntyre's, where they don't need the audience just to tell a story. These right. are the guys who tell a story within the ring. While the other guys, such as the Dolls, the Otis's, they need that audience to add a little sizzle to their act. Right. So those are, the, those are some of the things I took away from WrestleMania weekend. Um, my turn. Um, let's start. Actually, I'm gonna start completely on the opposite spectrum since you guys kind of already spoke about the Boneyard and Bray and Cena. Um, shout outs to Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan because I feel like it's the match that no one really talks about but should talk about. And nah, it was underwhelming. Well, it's for me. I I liked it because I was able to see different, like, it, to me, told more of a story than the actual, like, wrestling of it. Like, okay. it was something Joaquin had spoke about, shout out to Battle Club, when he said, Sami Zayn is one of the best heels in the business. And, as everyone knows, I don't really fuck with Sami Zayn like that. Anyway, but I can you respect know. the fact that when he comes out, that type of heat, he gets that. And the way that he tells the story, and now he kind of got his own crew, it's like, yo, he's really trying to build something. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Sir Wilkins in terms of Charlotte being Miss WrestleMania. Um, it seems like every WrestleMania she wins a title. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, not last year, right? Huh? Not last year. No, not no, not last year. But she was the main event. Like she. Yeah. Was one of the three females to ever main event WrestleMania. I, I just love how in ring works yeah, when it comes too. to WrestleMania. Oh, there, her and Rhea Ripley's match was probably one of the best women technical wrestling match I've seen in probably the last like five years. Hands down, it was good. I have a quick question for you guys. Um, speaking of WrestleMania, Goldberg and everybody mentioned William uh, Goldberg. Did you hear? Did you hear about what Goldberg did? We do. <laughs> so, the supposed thing, Ray was supposed to go over on on Goldberg, but Goldberg was like, "Nah, we ain't doing that. I'm a superhero to these kids, and they got to see me beat the Fiend. That's not gonna look right." Now, the question I gotta ask: Do you agree with him? About his the way he was thinking. Oh, because he didn't want a job out. I I I, I do I do agree with uh go I, I agree with Goldberg. And it's not the fact of that I like him. Of course you do. It's not the fact that I like him. And just that uh, that's true. What what more do you what what more can you do out of that? You know, he had to beat him. He had to beat him for, for the old school fans, for the kids. He had to slay the dragon, and it drew more money, didn't it? I think his picture with the belt on Instagram was like the the most liked picture on uh, Instagram uh, that WWE ever had. Him winning the belt, so that that, already, that drew in a lot of audience. Just saying, hey, imagine just like he was saying earlier about the older older fans of work. Like I don't think it's the wrestling. It's the same thing with Goldberg. Like Goldberg's the wrestling, and he got a belt. I mean, I, now, granted, I know us as fans, we ain't gonna like the decision because we want the fiend to be that guy. But at the end of the day, that's make perfect sense at the time. Exactly. But then, what does it do for like the future, though? Like, I mean, luckily because of Bray's character, it didn't diminish him. Completely. Yeah, it didn't. That that fire funhouse match, whatever you call it, that brought him back. 
Right. So that's why, like, if there was anyone I was gonna that Goldberg was gonna beat like that, it would have been him because no one else, anyone else, it would have been a bigger loss. Mm-hmm. So, but for William Goldberg to sit here and be like, "Listen, guys, I don't want to lose to Bray," then why? What are you? What are you contributing to the business then? Like, besides you being there for two point five seconds, and then you end up losing at WrestleMania to Braun Strowman. Um, you're Braun you're a bigger guy too. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right on so many levels, but you don't know what the intentions were. Because he did have a point of like, my whole thing with William was it shocked the business for a second. Yeah. Got people talking. Uh -huh. When it came to WrestleMania, if the COVID didn't happen, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So I kind of see where he was coming from. But Janelle is kind of right. What are you doing for the business? And this yeah. is something that I said before was. What Cena was doing, you're giving back to the business. Because when you're a superstar, and you can talk about Azuka, you take from the business. Because people are giving you so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you pay, now you're on top. So you're getting all the fruits of your labor, and you're getting plus more. Right. Like Goldberg, who came in and got the, got the rocket put on his back. So what is he giving back? It, it's kind of like that's the whole thing. Go ahead. Well, I may cut you off, but no, no, no. Go, go. What are you, what are you trying to say? Just how you started when you said he got the rocket when he got in. He's never, and he might have been taught this later on, but he's never really been taught the business. He just I was just about to say that. That's a good point. In. He he's got it brought in. Brother, we can have you beat everybody. He ne he didn't go into business the traditional way. Coming in, green guy, first match, getting beat up every night, blah blah. Then you finally get the break. He had to break off top. So his whole career, he was always he couldn't go no he could he couldn't go to first match. He 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 was main event or not. It's just what it is. And he I don't think he was taught that aspect of the business where uh it's time to give back. What did he, what did he have to give back? Well nothing no. because his whole comeback William Goldberg's whole comeback story was because I wanted my son to watch me wrestle. It was never like this is like I love the business kind of situation. It was I want the fruits of my labor to be seen by my family. So to me, I was already like, no, I'm not signing up for that. Like, there's no bro, difference to him and Brock. Even no, Brock no, is a little different. Brock is very different from that because Brock deep down loves the business, but he won't never, I think, let people know that. He he understands. It. He gets it. He gets the business, but the thing about him, his the thing with Brock is, and this is something I lo low key love about him. He knows his work, mm -hmm. and he's the most being in the business and then seeing certain things like seeing the inside of the business. A lot of wrestlers don't know their work, yep. especially on the independence. Exactly, I was just about to say that because I, I I remember one of my homegirls told me her booking fee. And I was like, what the fuck? B Brock knows, like, yo, I'm that guy. When the thing about Brock, and I will never forget this when I found out about this, he was an old dude. And he said, I don't want to do this shit no more. Put me onto the main roster. Yeah. I, like, 
Like, tell me something. Either I'm going to stay here or leave. And he got an agent, too, to negotiate his contract. That's what I'm saying, because he knows his value. He had a two-year contract compared to other guys during that time was having five years, ten years. He had a two-year contract. Exactly. So, another thing about Brock is that, and I agree with Janelle, he does love the business. Could you forget? He's an athlete. He loved his yeah. competitive I knew he loved the business when he was smiling at Royal like when my man can bop to MVP's music, I was like, "Yo, this nigga loves the business." Like, come on, like he hates the excess that comes with it, the, the traveling all the time, the fucking like the crazy schedule. He, he's a simple dude that just loves to train and fight. Yep. And that's, then that's, if you look at it, he's he's the he's the number one attraction. He has the number one manager. He's the number one draw. And this motherfucker does two moves. Two did, moves. You, did you see Forbes list? Huh? Did y'all see Forbes list of how no. much he gets? A hundred million. No, no, ten million. No, it's like ten million dollars. He's the ten highest. Million, the most. He's the highest paid person in WWE. Damn! Why didn't you know all that? And got a private jet, bro. Well, yeah, because how else was he going to get to the United States with all this shit popping off? Like, and then, and, and then he looks believable, too. Like, That's the, so, my, one of my trainers, he always says the same thing about Brock. He says, I don't like Brock, but he's made wrestling believable. Yep. When you watch him wrestle, you're like, he's going to fuck somebody up. Yep. When you see him wrestle with smaller dudes, like, this makes sense of how this match is going. Yep. And... We we sometimes shit on Brock and we compare him to Goldberg, but nah. He's a no comparison to William Goldberg ever. He's like the epitome of a freak of nature. Like, how do you how you go from wrestling, go to football, and you haven't played football in over 10, 15 years, and make almost make the Vikings team? He almost makes the Vikings team. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, a Madden too. Yeah, like he almost makes this. That is crazy. Yep. And then you go to UFC, you have a whole infection in the inside of your stomach and still kicking motherfucking guys. Yep. He's just a different type of person. You got to respect it. Goldberg is great. I still love Goldberg, but yeah, he don't he about the level. Yeah, it's like a, a nice Ford truck to a Ferrari, son. They, 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 <laughs> He's a fucking hoopty. Don't even do, don't even do that. And, and then when you, when you watch when you watch uh, Brock Lesnar's matches, it's so simple and old school. It's just it doesn't start off with the shine, the heat, the comeback. It's immediately started at the heat, and then he gives you a great comeback, and then he finally put the nail in the coffin. But and then he keeps the people up all the way up, and then he brings it does. right back down. But he does it immediately. Like there's no wasted motion. There's no wasted, and he sells phenomenal. He sells like he's a great seller. He's a great seller. He's a great seller. Everything like that. Oh man, the details. That's what makes Brock a complete athlete. I mean, sorry, a complete professional uh, wrestler. One of the greatest examples of what Zuka said is his match versus Rey Mysterio. Oh God! Then for a split second, we—I remember I was in the bar at Legend when we were watching this match. We all for a second thought Rey was about to win. Hell for yeah. A, Second, we were all like, "Yo, he Your might pull this, about to take this home." 
You had his fucking son doing a fucking doing the um party Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. put on top of him. Cedric's and stuff like that. I kind of understand why Vince buries certain dudes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Because I think that he tried to teach him to be more of a complete wrestler. Because someone like Kofi, I guess in the long run, he realized that Kofi was missing that edge to, the, to his character. And what happened? He got that edge and became world champion. Yeah. Drew McIntyre needed that edge to a little more fine-tuning. He was just too nice. What yeah. happened? He's world champion. Now, when you look at guys where such as Zack Ryder, you know, shout out to Uncle Arn Anderson, he was talking about that. He said, Zack Ryder's the guy that will come to work and do what you have to do on time every single day. He does everything right. But then I just realized something. Zack Ryder's missing that edge. He's missing that go-to, my nigga, I'm going to slaughter through your whole roster, become the man. Because yeah. Zack Ryder has no business not to be at least in a world title picture at this point in his career. With his luck, how he buffed up, his motivation, everything. So in the long run, I guess why he pushes guys like on Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar demanded what he wanted. And he realized that, yo, Brock is a man. And I cannot do certain stuff to him. I got to respect him. So he sees each other eye to eye. Because I heard that recently. Like, he told Vince, yo, y'all stupid for having these. Empty Arena, stop just cancel WrestleMania. The fact that Brock said that, everybody was behind Brock, it shows magnitude too that Brock got the juice in WWE because Vince respects guys like that. This is why not everybody become world champion because not everybody has that edge to them that Vince likes. Right. He got, Brock got that brass ring. He just ain't saying he got it. Cesaro needs that edge. I bet you when Cesaro gets mean and said, nah, I'm not going, no, he's not going over me. Watch. Watch. I think what you're talking about is fire. And you see the top guys with fire and intensity in their matches. That's what I think you're speaking of. And yeah. you are 100% right when you speak about how you got to show Vince you're a man. Because there's a story that Kofi said that he was, a, he, was on a, he was on a plane with Vince. And Vince was talking some shit like, yo, you never get over Exactly. Like, mm -hmm. What's like, told that story? Straight shitting on him, and you know, we all been there. Your boss say some wild shit, but you trying to keep your job. 
Right. So you can't ignore it or shrug it off. But Jericho pulls Kofi to the side, which is, this is why Jericho is the illest dude of all time. Because he helps people. He's the one who gives back to the business. Um, so Jeff, so the, the story goes, Jericho pulls Kofi to the side. He's like, yo, go back there. Say something to him. Yo, ask him if he want to fight you. Say some wild <laughs> shit. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Next thing you know, Kofi goes back. He starts fighting. He's, he's literally fighting Vince in a, in a legit fight. And Kofi said that saved his career. Mm, told you. It's it's one of those it's one of those things in life where when you have to take life by the horns, yeah. Vince is kind of like your lifeline in WWE. So you kind of got yeah. like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you, B? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, it works for everybody, but that's how yeah. it is sometimes. He respects um. I know Vince respects Cody. He definitely respects Cody. This is why that he lets Cody, you know, you know, we got you. We got you. Because he respects the fact that he respects him. I fucking made NXT. <laughs> he better put some respect on Cody's name, bro. When, when yeah. your dad is one of the main reasons why your women's division right now is the best to ever, to, the best in the world. In the oh, world. Yeah, that's a fact. You got you got you got to put respect on it, and then you are right. Cody said, "I'm gonna hold my nuts and I'm gonna become a star." Fuck you, and he did that. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes what you have to do just in anything in life. Like sometimes you just gotta go with the naysayers and be like, "I I don't want to hear that," and then you just really focus on you know everything that you have planned because that that even goes like for like with us even like when we were. In the beginning stages, you know, we got a lot of pushback and things like that. But we all was like, nah, we just going to focus on what's for us. And, you know, everything else is written in history. So I think that's just anything in life. Like, you can't just always sit around and wait for things to come at you. Like, you got to kind of go for it on your own and say, like, all right, if you're not going to do this, I, I'm going to make sure I still do this on my own. Yep. yep. And then a, a, good story, a good story about somebody who... uh was uh, on the edge, who ended up getting himself on the edge. I don't know if y'all watch ECW like that, but do y'all remember when uh, Taz and Sabu were supposed to wrestle the Public Enemy and Benoit and Dean in a three-way tag match? Sabu couldn't show up. So they fired Sabu, but then they brought him back. But Taz legitimately held a grudge with Sabu over that, and, and Taz started cutting Real life promos on Sabu, Sabu would never come up. He cut him every night. He, he hates Sabu, this and that, blah, blah. So eventually, Sabu legitimately came out and they had one of the biggest feuds in the promotion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay, okay, okay. They had to go at the element and just had to make this shit happen, even though Sabu was ignoring him. But at some point, Sabu had to say, like, you know what, man, fuck it. I got to do it now because he keep calling me out. Like, that felt like that was. Was what built Taz, and I don't think Taz has been. Well, you watch back through his career. I don't think Taz has been that edgy since that since that angle. Well, because That's I don't it. think he was ever challenged the way that Sabu challenged him. Sabu never challenged him. He challenged Sabu. No, I mean in, in a sense where like when Taz would keep going at him and going at him, like to him that was the challenge in yeah. in the race to 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 call him out. Like I don't think he's ever had that type of energy with anybody else. In his entire career, right. I so I think that. that was the beauty in terms of 
of Taz and Sabu was that it was kind of like real life shit mixing with some wrestling shit because you were just like, bro, where were you when I needed you? And, you know, then that kind of created the own, their own story. So but I don't think there was anybody else he had that type of like energy or, or vibe with like that outside of Sabu. I don't think so either. It's, it's one of those things where... um Real life emotions creates creates fucking epic shit. Like we all mm-hmm. remember. Oh, that Matt in the- <laughs> like like you know we all remember that. We all talk about it till this day because it was legit heat. Oh, man. And every time I see Edge, I'm just like, damn, dude, damn, <laughs> damn. That was real life. That was it's real life stuff, and it's always the the one thing about it is. It's sports entertainment, but it also so it's entertainment creates feelings. Yep. Like when you watch a match and then you're like, let's go back to Brock, you want that little guy to win. Yep. You like, yo, I want this guy to beat this fucking guy, this this giant, this big dude. And it works. Speaking of the giant, big dudes. Yeah, I saw a big show just pop up out of nowhere, McIntyre. First of all, that was it, the oh lamest shit oh I've God. ever seen, ever. Oh, <laughs> this is like, the moment that got me upset because I'm looking I, like so what? clearly like we didn't take to see him took pictures after he won the title. Do like, like all he got of that. the plates changed, yeah, everything. So basically, he went out and said, "Let me do an interview in the ring, Joe Decker." So Big Show was at home, drove over there at the end. Hey, let's fight. <laughs> really? Yes, I was high when I was watching it. I was thinking like this for like a good hour. Like, yo, I'm not dumb. It was stupid. They were trying to promote his new show. They were trying to promote the show, but it was just like, y'all could have definitely, I would have rather him like did something with like Gronk or something like, or the 24-7 title. Like it just, Make zero sense for you to challenge the newly crowned. You should did it. WWE you should did it Monday night. You should did it Monday night. Like you could literally just take that as a Monday night segment. Well, yep. speaking yep. about Monday, what's everybody's thoughts of the return of Nia Jax and also oh the um the call up of Bianca Belair? Um, um, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait! Raw was stupid in the beginning. Because literally, you could have saved everyone time and space by saying that, hey, you know what? You you are interfering. Let's make this a No, well, you, you know, had to man. bill it. Where she came out, she had, you had to bill it. Don't do that. And you know they you know they on a 50-person limit. So, like, you got to use So, put her match first to showcase her match. Put that match first. Then you could have put, like, the whole three-on-three match. That was stupid. But... You know what? I got to grade it on a curve, so it was fine. <laughs> um, Nia Jax coming back, you know, I love that. You know, we're, you know. Are you looking for her? Are you looking for her? That's not her. So I love oh, that. Shit. It's good to see her back in the ring, you know. Shorty, look, shorty looking great and shit. How do you like that she uses Paige's finisher, though? It's it's all good. It's Paige don't wrestle no more. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's no wrestle no more. It's my relax, ma. Sit down. Exactly. Um, not a There's fan no of difference that. with all these wrestlers using the um, Canadian destroyer. I was no just asking a question. Like relax. Um, but I'm not a fan of of, of um, Bianca Belair being on Raw. I know that some people are excited about it, but 
let's be real. I don't feel what she did in NXT was, was done yet. What she needed to do in NXT was done. Like, I feel she still needed a title. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything great with her on the women's roster, in my opinion. Why? Because they're going to try to push the whole her being married. I, I don't want her to be a valet to the Street Profits. Right. Unless they're going to become a legit, like, faction. Then that's a different conversation. I can't with Naomi. Huh? She's on a different brand, though. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I said how Usos are with Naomi. Oh, yeah. sometimes. But you, the, the thing is, you have this woman who was hitting her stride at NXT. Like, legit hitting her stride at, at NXT. And she's becoming a border fight And with the fact that Rhea Ripley... We don't know when she's coming back because her visa's expired. Her working visa's expired for Australia. She don't marry the nigga she with and just call it a day and get this K-1. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, that would don't be do smart. that. That would be smart. But we... we but, it, it's, a love. It, it's a marriage right now. But you have a woman who was, who was there, who was right there. She was... And then you ripped that apart. You put her on, you put her on raw. I get it. We're trying, to, we're trying to mix things up right now, but... You had something in the making that would have been dope. Her versus Charlotte in, in, in a match where Charlotte would have been dope. It, it, it's, I'm not a fan of it, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, it's not uh, to say that her and that Charlotte and Bianca won't ever happen. You know what I mean? Because eventually Charlotte will drop that NXT title. Okay. Right, right, right. So I don't think, like, I think that's too soon to say, like, it'll never happen. Like, woo, woo, woo. I think Bianca moving up definitely gives one of the other girls that are un- that are in NXT an opportunity to move up, and it gives her that opportunity to kind of grow as her own superstar on a different plateau. Okay, so I can appreciate them, and plus two Raw's um, women's division is like shaky because they've only been focused on Oscar and her and her talking, and and Becky being Becky. <laughs> So I feel like adding Bianca definitely adds a different level. That's gonna be a good match though. Oscar versus Bianca Belair. That's what I'm saying. I think it adds it, it adds a different level, I think, for her and a different challenge for her. I think in the beginning she she's gonna rock out with Street Profits because that just makes sense and it's her husband. But I think eventually she'll be fine on her own. I agree. Yeah, what about you, Zuka? Uh I think it's a it's a good look for Bianca Belair to be on Raw because she got a different type of energy. Like when I look at her, when I look at her wrestle, I literally am like, "Wow!" I'm like, "This girl, this woman is like spectacular." Like the way she moves, how her wrestling gear looks, how she carries herself, all that stuff. She, to me, she reminds me of a wrestler that don't need a belt because her star power. She is just so magnetic. That it's like you can put her on any show and she gonna I feel like she's gonna outshine any female you put on the roster. Because all the yeah. stuff she's doing the ring, how the way she carries herself, she's still working on her promos a little bit. But she, she'll get there. It just her whole, then she creates her own gear. You know what I mean? So it's like she already got in her mind like what she wants for herself and how she's gonna present herself out there in front of all in front of the audience, stuff like that. So I think it's a good move. I'm people say she ain't hit her strive at uh NXT. But I felt like she did in a sense. She just didn't win a belt. 
but she don't have to win a belt because she already built herself up as a star. She built herself up at the Rumble. She built herself up at the Survivor Series. And it's like, where else she could, could she go? She mm-hmm. go to Raw, win a belt. She couldn't go to SmackDown. Huh? She couldn't go to SmackDown because, and I told the boys that, I said because they already have so many different personalities. And then plus, her and Sasha's characters are so kind of similar. It would have made no sense for her to be on SmackDown. But, she but. Bet, you know, uh, Sasha don't got that, like, that's what I said, Bianca Belair on a different level. Like, Sasha don't got that swag like Bianca got. Like, well, Sasha, Sasha was great. Was raised about different people. Now, I mean, yeah. I'm like that. Yeah, it's like, so, so, it is. It is what it is on that yeah. one. Um, I, I, mean, I, I, but I'm still saying she she, she come in the face one of the bigger faces and a bigger face in um, NXT. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, I see it this way. I see it this way. Her being the street profit is good because not only that she also able to uh, she was able to develop her mic skills. If it's, you know, um, Cena Vega um, and the LWO versus the Street Profits, then she'll learn how to, like, carry herself in the ring as a valet and able to speak for them. So be a point where, like, she's more close to her husband. I know all four of them, like, all of them will work together to make the good promos. So to me, this is just another stepping stone to, like, refine her character. Because Bianca Belair, when she first came... To, to then until now, night and day, dogs. It's all part of her building up her legacy, building characters, building blocks to the ultimate version of her. Because Bianca Belair ain't done. She's far yeah. from done. She's yeah. under 30, but once you hit that stride, under 30 as a black woman, you know black queens shine after 30. <laughs> and, you know, on the, and you know what's good for them being together on the same show on the real life aspect? Now we got a positive black couple on television. Another one. Now we got that we got that culture out there so people can see like dang man it's like it's exactly more like a cool black couple, you know what I mean? Like exactly that. And, they, and they show that on social media and stuff like that. So exactly. Good look. Oh underrated moment of the of of WrestleMania that nobody's talking about when Team Bad gave like did their oh, whole little be. signature pound. And they did that and that moment, I took a snapshot in my brain. I said, yo, three women of color at WrestleMania. And then everywhere, women are taken seriously. Yep. No one's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to want to touch on Bianca's star power. Because I always I always talk to the um, Duke. I always like my brother and um, Miss HR about how other people who are outside of wrestling so one of my close friends, she texted me. She's like, yo, who's this Bianca She doesn't watch wrestling. She just was flipping through the channels. She was flipping, she was flipping through the channels, and she was like, yo, this shit is bad, badass. Like, she just texted. Like, I'll have random friends who text me, like, yo, who's this person? And I always see, when somebody says that, that person's going to be the next star. Because they're going, be they're being their star power is shining beyond the wrestling world. Yep. yep. So yeah, we'll say her star power is growing and growing strong, and especially since since my homegirl hit me up to, just to ask me, yo, 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 who is that? <laughs> yeah, I can give you that, but I still yeah. she, she should be in NXT. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just, 
Because everybody, because everybody like NXT, everybody fuck with, I fuck with NXT. I mean, no boy's crazy. It's just that, um. Oh shoot, NXT is on. It, oh, it would be nice. It, you know, it might be something new to see her do something different on a different show, stuff like that. But she, um, man, just how the way she wrestles and stuff like that. Like she's aggressive, and like it's like everything she does has a purpose to it. Yeah, I feel like. That's what like sets her apart. Like Rhea Ripley, uh, she she real good too. Like I like I like there's only, only three girls I like: Rhea Ripley, Char- Charlotte, and Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And all of them wrestle. Those I don't Rhea Ripley, not really. I don't know was she wrestling at Progress before NXT UK? Yeah, I only seen her in WWE. I, but is she a product of WWE or no? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, she might be because she was. She- I knew she was on uh, NXT UK. I know NXT UK, but what was she doing before then? Because I know I, Tony's got you know, like shine. Oh, she shit. was doing like probably the same shit Tony was doing. Okay, mm. so the reason why you like those people be- of the way that they wrestle is because as Charlotte and Bianca are products of WWE Performance Center, so they teach them like they sprinkle the new school stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Like, the way, like the old school way of doing it. Which is the performance center. Yeah. They wanted to cool people from the, perform- the performance center who risen to, to like prominence. Okay. So yeah. yeah. And they, they, I, I don't know man, they, they don't, I don't want to say it like that, but they wrestle <laughs> like more physical. I don't want to say they, they don't wrestle with girls. Yeah, they thank wrestle. you. Someone they, said it. Someone they don't said wrestle it. Thank you. Like they wrestle physically. Like it's not like they hit people. Huh? They hit people. Yeah, like they, yeah. they don't wrestle girly, man. That's why I like them more like that. That's why they, I always said like soft about the way that they wrestle. Huh? There's nothing soft about the way that they wrestle. Right. And and I get you that's why I like Naya. She's a heavy hitter. I yeah, like heavy hitter, yeah. I know that Exactly. Like one of the few chicks in the industry who I do love, like the indie, independent scene, like I love Savannah because she be hitting. Bitches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Part of my language, but she straight be hitting, bitches. Yeah. Who just love hitting? Bitches? Like, yo, you're gonna feel this tomorrow. Probably did too. Exactly. Oh, yeah, she really be hitting, bitches. Oh, like, hitting them. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get back up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wrap up. I gotta catch NXT right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. before we wrap up, I do want to do a short Q&A of our guests. As everyone that's listening and watching, we had Zuki King um, be a guest with us, but he also is his own wrestler himself. So, guys, I want at least everyone to ask him one question before we do sign off about him. So he could tell everybody about him. I got your name, him. Zuka. Zuka, Zuka, um, Zuka. I was, um, I, used to, I used to study a lot of African history when I was younger. Stuff like that, and I was actually a part of a couple of Black Power movements, like in my early twenties. And I didn't want to have the regular type, street type name, stuff like that, like Low T or Big T or something like that. So I just went and researched African names, and I'm running with it ever since. So, what does the name Zuka mean? Um, it's Zimbabwe. It means mo- it's from Zimbabwe, but it means money. But I didn't get it, <laughs> I didn't get it because it meant money. I just like the sound of that name, Zuka. Ah. Yeah. I feel like it'll stick. Nah, it doesn't. 
Look, I can see um, him yeah. saying it. Zoka. Well, who, um, who do you model your wrestling style after? Who do you take wrestling um, things from? Good question. Oh, man. I take a little bit from Rick. Uh, with my promos, I take a little bit from New Jack. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. 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 <laughs> but um Jack does make does cut one hell of a promo, so I respect it. Poetic justice. I don't know, man. I do I just really kind of do my own thing. I do a little uh I'm very animated with stuff, but I get that from like watching like old school guys be all animated when they get hit and stuff like that. Just try to you know, I don't want to get hit and be like this. I want to be like all over. <laughs> you know, make it look like a motherfucker hit me. You know, but I really can't say like I I I think I give my little promo style some Jack a little bit and do I do a little antics like Ric Flair and stuff like that. But but getting that for that particular style, like I, fuck, I don't know. I just go out there and wrestle, bro. Like I don't I don't really think about all that stuff. Okay, I, I respect it, I respect it, but I love the name. Oh, Lord, you guys are obnoxious. Fuka, question. If there was one thing you could change about the wrestling business right now, what would it be and why? Oh, we see the outlaws? The outlaws? Yeah, get them out of here. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Sorry. I'd bring back you. Yo, you math far behind. Shut up, stupid. I, I I bring back kayfabe and uh, just to I really want the mystique of the business to come back, uh, the mystique of the wrestlers, um, so guys can feel like bigger than life, and mm -hmm. uh, and not everything with wrestling so in the open. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because I feel like once a lot of people start to know things about wrestling, it took away from the business stuff like that. Even like as me as a me as a wrestler. When I started learning stuff in wrestling and just like training and stuff like that, how long you been wrestling? Out. Who's your trainer? Uh, Robert Keller, Bob Keller, the Fabulous Playboy, and I also got trained by John Schuyler. He did stuff with NXT, Ring of mm. Honor, England, China, all that. Um, he did mm. some impact, everything. Um, but yeah, just like training and then like going back and watch stuff, like man, like it kind of took away from me a little bit because now I know it. You know, I know certain things about the business stuff like that, but it's cool though. That's cool. Um, trying to think. Dream match. Me? Mm. Yeah, you. Uh, it would have to be against uh, Negro Casas. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. He's like one of the biggest stars in Mexico. He's wrestling since like the eighties, I think. But he's still wrestling to the day. Hmm. Okay, guys, any other questions or anything? Now, that'll be, I know you want to go watch some some some, some wrestling too. <laughs> wrestling. What you gonna watch tonight? I don't know. I know I probably will. I don't know what I'm watching tonight. I know it's gonna be some old school shit. I just don't know. Probably watch Flair wrestle somebody for like an hour or something. <laughs> <laughs> that that old school stuff be long, long, bro. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's good to learn. I, I watch it just to study and learn, just to. Do stuff like everybody doing all the new shit and all the new flips and stuff like that. I try to look at it to bring something, see something in the old, see something old and bring it new again, you know? Yeah. I see what I, I definitely understand you, you are not doing. Plus, I try to, I watch a lot of heel work. I watch, 
the heels do their stuff, and then I'll go back and watch the baby face do their stuff. You know what I mean? So I get mm. the best of both worlds, or like how to react to when a baby face does something to me, or what do I need to do to a baby face to get the people to really hate me and stuff like that. Mm. Stuff like that. I look at the so, okay. so who's the the best heel in the business right now? Besides me, I don't outside know. of you, because <laughs> MJF is MJF is his character. Like he's he's he didn't come. I mean, he's a flashy dude, but he come in there and he knows his character and he knows how to get over with his character. Like he knows how to separate himself from the rest of the the guys in AEW. It, most of the guys get the pop, the big pops, or the pops for the moves, stuff like that. He's the only guy that legitimately gets booed. And if you're a heel, that's what you want. You don't want to get cheered for doing what you do. You want to get booed for it. Shout out to Darius Carter, his pops. <laughs> but see, I haven't, I haven't really, I, like, I've seen Darius Carter. I think I've seen him wrestle. I think the only time I actually used to watch him wrestle when he wrestled Montana. That's my first time watching him wrestle. Mm -hmm. so, but he, he is very good. He's very, he's very talented. Now, um, check out his um, YouTube stuff. And yeah. you're going to see what my brother's talking about. It is, he is a heel at its finest. Right. Yes. Facial yes. expression, the way he, he, he puts in, um, he gives heat, is right. very classic. Um, even his moveset is very heelish. Old school. That's what yeah, I'm going to watch tonight, matter of fact. Huh? That's what I'm going to watch tonight. Yeah, yeah Derek's Derek's I'm going to give to watch. Yeah, look, look him up on YouTube. You'll, you'll definitely understand of what my brother's saying is that this man works like a heel and is a heel in real life. Right. Like, watch some of, some of his promos. Um, I've done work with him. I'm breaking kayfabe right now, but I've done work with him where the dude literally is a learning tree. Right. He's one of the dudes in the business that will like, yo, hey, what, what should I do next? He'll teach you how to do it. Because he's, he's been in the... Um, the Northeast wrestling scene for a while, right? So yeah, in, in, uh, from this uh, that uh, that first interaction I had with him at, at Bree, he's very professional. Like he looks professional. Like he looks like a wrestler. He like he looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, because I, I always pay attention to guys. I just don't that guys and girls. I don't really say too much, right? I always pay attention to how they carry themselves and stuff like that. But he's like one of the most professional dudes I've seen. On uh, just looking at him, you know what I mean, and how he carries himself, how he carries yeah. himself in the ring, how he just moves around in the ring, stuff like that. Like you can tell, brother got it, and he know what he's doing, stuff like that. When William Regal is looking at you constantly, you're doing something right. Right, no doubt, no doubt. You're doing something right, cause cause he's been there's a couple of dudes I know for a fact that he's been looking at, and now that now they're in it. right. Oh, yeah. That is true. Oh, okay. Well, what's next for Zuka King before we do sign off? I mean, you know, post Rona season. <laughs> Nothing. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be, I was supposed to wrestle Urban Combat Wrestling on June 13th. But we just got to wait and see. Okay. We're at uh, Asheville, North Carolina. I did their last show. That's probably has been one of the funnest shows I've ever been a part of. Who you for? Huh? Who you for? Uh, this guy named Mook. He's one of the co-promoters. Oh, Mook? okay. Hmm? Mook? 
You gonna say move the BTSG or something like that? Wait, and you wrestled the promoter? Yeah, the co-promoter. Oh. <laughs> Yo, could you ever imagine if Cole ever wrestled and promoted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's gonna come out to um, all about the Benjamins. <laughs> no shade to Cole though, but I love him. But I was just like, wait, could you imagine like the promoters you know actually like, wrestle? What a Steve Harvey job with a Steve Harvey Cole and Steve Harvey suit, <laughs> big booting everybody with his glasses. It's so funny. <laughs> and as he doing it, like he tell you go to um to um to, like you know um support your local indie table. Just imagine. Mm. I can't do. But anyway, this has been fun. You are always welcome back, Mr. Zuka King, King, to join us. Zuka, Zuka, Zuka King, Zuka, Zuka King. Anyway, any um, you can tell. Why don't you tell everyone where to find you and all that jazz? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Zuka underscore King underscore Facebook at Zuka King and uh, Twitter on as Z underscore Shop VA World. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, boys. Any last words before we do sign off so I can finish watching NXT? Wash your hands, motherfuckers. No, not only wash your hands, wash your ass, wash everything. All right. I'll see you guys. All right. You guys be good. Take care. Hashtag Black Excellence. Hashtag Ralph. Is over, got the hands in motion. If you go with rolling, no need to focus. Traveling states and over oceans, you gotta wait till your coast chosen. Try to have lines outside the show, like every part of releases that bronze and over. 